Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Find your notes if you would. Inside Out. Why that title? Because when we look at David, and that's what we're doing in this series, he's a man who had a heart that resulted in him acting in a manner that pleased God. It says, God had removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's just incredible. I hope I would be a person who would do everything God wants me to do. It begins with the heart. Now, this morning, we're going to look at a really hard subject. It's one that we resist, one that we don't care for, but yet it is so critical in your walk with God. We're going to talk about how you deal with difficult people. I know most of you don't have any difficult people in your life. Everybody's just easy to get along, and you're easy to get along with. Certainly, you're not a difficult person, but you probably know someone who is. And so we're going to look at David And how did he handle his relationship with Saul, his king, his authority, and yet it was just a difficult, difficult situation? Let me just kind of conceptualize the whole story. David is anointed king, shows up one day, kills the great giant Goliath. Israel has a great victory. Saul begins to be aware of David. He plays him, he brings him in to play the harp for him. And there's times when Saul gets a little ticked off and throws spears at him and tries to kill him. David begins to be his armor bearer. He has to flee for his life eventually because Saul is so jealous for him and wants to kill him. David gets a band of men, about uh, 600 men who follow him, who become his mighty army, and they fight the Philistines, and they stay out of Saul's way, and David hides in this place called En Gedi, where he kind of survives and hides in the hills. And one day Saul's in a cave going to the bathroom, and David happens to be in that cave, and he cuts off a piece of Saul's cloak. Saul's unaware of it. Saul leaves, goes away, and David yells at him, hey, here, I could have done this, and I didn't. And another time, David and one of his men walk into Saul's camp while they're all asleep, see Saul on the ground asleep, his spear right by him, could have run him in, but he didn't. And David again says, Saul, look, I don't know why you're pursuing me. I don't know why you're trying to do this. Finally, he goes and stays with the Philistines to get some protection from Saul. He ends up at a place called Ziglag where he has to go back home and he gets his wives and all of their plunder stolen. He has to go recover all of that. And yet when it comes to the end, Saul is killed And David weeps for him out of respect because he knows that he was God's anointed. How do you do that? How do you handle that? First of all, you have to rest in God's timing. David has been anointed king. He's going to be king. Now, how long did all this go on? If you piece things together, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 years David ran, hid, survived from Saul. 
He just had to, one moment to the other, try to stay out of his way. Saul pursued him, tried to kill him. David kept trying to do this and do this because he knew he was king. He knew that was going to happen. The prophet had said so. Saul kind of knew it too. Saul knew he was living on borrowed time. But notice what David says. David says, no, you know, don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday, or he will die of old age or in a battle. Would you have the patience to wait for Saul to die? When you know that you're at a place where God is going to use you, God has called you, but the timing isn't right yet, and there's someone in the way who is difficult and you don't get along with, and it gets to be kind of hard, and your life is made maybe more difficult because of it, and yet here's David in the midst of it all with an opportunity, kill him, I'll take over, we're good to go. He waited, he rested. God has a way. I'm not going to take matters in my own hands and force something to happen. God knows what he's doing. Someday, Saul's going to die. It may be years from now, but I can wait for God to take care of things. You see, that's called patience, isn't it? And many times what happens is we're just impatient with God's timing. We want it now. We know this is where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do, who I am. I need it now. It's my right. It's my birthright. It's everything. I want it now. And it's just hard for us to wait for God. It's hard for us to come to a place like David who says, look, it's in God's hands. It's not in mine. And someday God will take care of it. Someday, God will handle it. That's a really difficult thing for us. And so when you're dealing with someone who's difficult, you have to put yourself in a position where you let God be in control and not you. Where you let God resolve some things and not you. And that's just really difficult for us to do. So you have to come to that place where you're able to rest in God's sight. 20 years plus, David rested in God's timing. Secondly, refuse to take matters in your own hands. Refuse to come to that place where you make things happen. Retaliation is not an army. Now, it's really hard when somebody's doing something that's unacceptable to you. It's really hard whenever you find yourself in a place where you know that this is the way it should be. You know this is how it should happen. It's really hard to wait for God. And so, here's David. He shouts to Saul, why do you listen to people who say, I'm trying to harm you? This very day, you can see with your own eyes, it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave, and some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Now, there's a theme that runs through this whole scenario. 
is that this, David recognized the authority of the king. He recognized that God had put him in place, and it was God's responsibility to take him out of place, not his. And so he came to that place where he was unwilling to make things happen. Now, in our scenario, in our case, so many times, we look at things and say, hey, I can work this and work this and work this, and I can get out of this, and I, I just need some relief to this. This guy's trying to kill me. I want out of here. I don't like it. I'm just defending myself. I mean, after all, nobody would blame me. And yet here this man is, this man after God's heart, who did everything God wanted him to do, and what he did was he waited for God's timing. He understood that he wasn't the one to remove the king. He wasn't the one to take matter in his own hands. He wasn't the one that was responsible to force things to happen. And sometimes we want to retaliate. Somebody does something to us, we're going to do something to them. Bible tells us, God says this, vengeance is mine, I will take care of it. I'll repay. I'll handle it. I see everything that's going on. I know what's happening. I will take care of it. And then we back up and say, well, when? How about now? I'm tired of this. I've had enough of this. God, it's been 10 years since Saul's doing this. And the Lord says, well, maybe another 10. No, now I can't take any more. You and I have to come to a place where we understand that God is doing something that we don't understand. And we have to allow him to be in charge and not us. We have to allow him to take matters into his hands and not ours. And so we have to come to that place where we're not going to retaliate. We're not going to make things happen. We're going to trust God and know that God is in control and he will take care of things. That means that you and I have to respect authority. Now here's where things get really hard for us. Because we are a people who first of all, don't like anyone telling us what to do. Do we? And if someone is saying something or doing something that I don't agree with, then I don't have to listen to them. I don't have to do what they're telling me to do. I can do whatever I want. And so this whole authority one is coming to a place where you and I have to realize that in the end times, Bible clearly teaches people will not listen to the authorities in life. He said to his men, David, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. <laughs> David, the guy's trying to kill you. David, the guy hates you. He despises you. He's hunting you down like a dog. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. You have an 
unfair boss. You have unreasonable parents. You have an unkind teacher. You have an ungodly leader. You have someone that you don't agree with and you don't see eye to eye and they are not treating you fairly and not treating you rightly. And so what do we do? Well, first of all, I don't have to listen to them. And if they won't listen to me, I'll take them to court. You're not going to treat me like that. And so we come to those places in our lives where you and I resist anyone who comes against us that we don't agree with, that we don't like, that we're having a hard time with. And David here had this authority figure in his life, the king. And he says, look, God put him there. God will take care of it. You want me to bring that into modern day times or do I just need to go on? We might not like a lot of things, but God is in control. (laughs) Now, that means I have to be careful of confrontation. Well, if you don't change your ways, I'm going to do something. If you had ultimatums, you know, this is the way it should be. This is the way it should happen. Why are you doing this? I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. You're being unkind to me. You're saying hard words to me. You're treating me in a way that isn't right. I deserve better. And we forget to understand that God has people over us for our good. Now, it might not feel good, but it's for our good. It's coming to that place where I'm willing to respect the authority. And I don't need to try to take matters into my own hands. Now, every time I get onto this subject, I know i got to deal with something, so let me just deal with it here. Yes, you should keep yourself safe. You should not tolerate abuse. The problem is, in our culture today, if someone looks at me wrong, we call it abuse. But you should not put yourself in a place where you are physically harmed. Don't allow that to happen. At the same time, you don't need to attack the person. Let God deal with them. You put yourself in a safe place and let God deal with them. Because here's what we know. God will. Well, when? Probably not soon enough for you. But to come to that place where I will respect the people that God has put in charge. Now, I've told you this before. Let me just reemphasize it and say it again in case you've not heard. There are principally four areas of authority that every person needs to be under. One is the government. God has put people in the place. The Bible tells us that. Every leader is in their place by God's positioning. Well, but this person isn't godly. A lot of leaders aren't, but God still uses the ungodly. God still has a plan and a purpose. So what's our responsibility to the government? It's very simple. The Bible tells us very clearly, pray for your leaders. Well, I'm praying for them all right. You pray for your leaders. You have the home. 
It's established as God's authority. It's where you learn how to live under authority. But you see, again, in times, one of the descriptions is children, people are unloving, unkind, disrespectful to their parents. Another description of in times. And so I have parents there. Are your parents perfect? No. There is no such thing as a perfect parent. By the same token, let me just tell you this, just so you know, there is no such thing as a perfect child. And so what does God say about that? Here's what he tells us. Honor your parents. And you don't have to agree with everything you do, but you can still give them honor. Well, they don't deserve it. Yes, they do. Well, what do you mean? Look what they've done. Look how they treated me. Look at, hold it. They deserve it because God says so. There's your, your work situation. You're, you have a boss. You are to work under that boss, and they're in charge. You're not. And you have the church. It's a place where you live under authority. You get along with people. You follow the structures of what's going on. Well, I don't like this. I'll go to another one. Okay? You'll have the same problems there. And so all throughout God's creation, he puts things in authority. Here's what Peter writes. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as the head of state or the officials he's appointed, for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong, to honor those who do right. It is God, it's God, wow, it is God's will. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. Don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Respect the king. Jesus one day has a, a man approach him and says, my servant is ill, can you, can you do something? And Jesus says, I'll come with you, let's go. And the guy says, look, I, you don't need to go with me. He happens to be a Roman centurion. He says, look, I'm a man under authority, just like you. I say to this one, go, and they go. I say to this one, do that, they do it. All you need to do is say the word, and I know my servant will be healed. Jesus, the Bible tells us, is astonished. It's only used twice in, in the Scriptures. He's astonished at this man's faith. He's astonished at their unbelief in another place. And he says, Jesus said, look, I haven't found faith like this anywhere in all of Israel. All because the man understood the authority structure. And so you and I have a responsibility, like David, to respect the authorities in our life. Well, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Then you're headed for a miserable existence. Because that's not God's way. And so, I have to respect the authority. Then, I have to review my motives. I'm having a difficult time with a person. Here's what I need to do. First thing, God, what part do I play in this? 
God, what do you want me to learn from this? God, am I doing everything I need to be doing right? God, what is it going on in me that you need to change and you need to teach me and I need to learn? Notice what David writes in 2 Samuel twenty two twenty one. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence. Well, okay, David's aware. God rewarded me because I was willing to treat things rightly. I have kept the ways of the Lord. I've not turned from my God to follow evil, my own desires. I have followed all his regulations. I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has been my innocence. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble. But your eyes watch the proud and humiliate them. O Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to Him for protection. God will take care of you. And you have to believe that. But you have to know, as David did, look, I have done everything right. I have handled this correctly. I have not gone against what the Lord has put in charge. I've handled the situations, the circumstances well. Not just how you've acted, but your attitude towards it. Because you can act right but have a wrong attitude about the whole thing. And so David's attitude was always when God's in charge, God's in control, God will take care of me. God, you'll be fair, you'll be right. And thus when David comes to the place where he's now going to be the king, Saul's been killed in battle, what's David? Yeah, that guy finally got what's coming to him, right? No. David weeps for him. David recognized who he was, that God had a purpose and a plan for him, and that God was going to take care of everything. Many times the reasons we don't handle the authority structures well in our life is because we don't trust God to take care of things. We don't trust God to take care of us. We think we know more, we think we know better, and we think we can act as we want. And so I have to constantly be checking my motives. God, is my heart right? Am I looking at this correctly? Am I doing what you want me to do? And I then need to remain open to God working in my life. God keeps working in me. What was he doing with the authority? He was working in David's life. David kept seeking God. God, what is it you've got for me during this time? He kept listening. God kept working and building David's character. And notice what he says in 2 Samuel 22, 7. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried out to my God for help. He heard me from his holy sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. God help me. God took care of me. 
and God will take care of you. God will purposely put difficult people in your life to help change you. If you get your eyes just on the person and how unfair it is and how wrong they are, you will miss what God wants to do for you. And so you have to understand God is working even through people that you struggle with. Allow it to be something that you remain open to God for. God says, I want to mold you. I want to shape you. And there will be people in your life that are going to be hard. They're going to be difficult to get along with. And yet I will use them to help you become the person I want you to be. Luke writes these great words that kind of give us a little direction in this whole thing. He says, to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Those you can't get along with. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer in your shirt also. Give to anyone ask when things are taken away from you. Don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend them without expecting to be repaid. Your reward from heaven will be very great. You will be truly, will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. What's with that? Kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. So let me ask you a simple question. You got somebody in your life today that you're struggling with? Difficult? Hard? Someone in authority that you just really, oh, disagree with? Are you willing to let God be in control of that? And are you willing to allow God to work in you in the times that are there? And sometimes for some of you, you're maybe not a Christian today, and one of the things about Christianity that kind of puts you off is you have to let God be in control. You don't get to do whatever you want. You're to do what God wants. You're to allow God to be the authority in your life. And sometimes for us, that's really hard. But that's what we're called to do. So as I conclude in prayer, would you take a moment, and if you've got a difficult person in your life, would you pray for them right now? Pray that God would be kind to them. Pray that God would help them. And pray that you 
would learn what you need to learn so that you can be closer to God during this time. Lord, today, your ways are not ours. You operate with a whole different mindset that to us sometimes is confusing and unwanted. But your ways are perfect and they are right. So Lord, would you help us? Would you help us like David to be willing to allow you the time to work and that we wouldn't take matters in our own hands and that we would respect those whom respect is due whether we think they've earned it or not. And as we're going through that, can we just keep an eye on ourselves to make sure that we have the attitude of Christ that we have a heart like yours so that we will do what you want us to do. Work on the inside, God. Help it to come out. And for those this morning that maybe recognize a need for you, that as they're asking you to forgive them, may they sense your presence in a very real way and know that you're a God of forgiveness. And may they be willing to live for you from this moment on and not for themselves. Thank you that you're in control. Help us to allow you to work in our lives through it all we pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.